What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. And if you are a Marvel fan, you're in the right place today. We have Marvel news coming out the butt. And today, I'm breaking it all down for you. We'll talk about all the big announcements they made about Phase 5, Phase 6. We'll even explain what phases are, because I know sometimes that gets confusing. And then we have to talk about the Wakanda Forever trailer, and then in the movie review, I want to talk about Jordan Peele's new horror classic. Yes, I'm calling it a classic already. The movie is called Nope. Thank you for being here, for listening every single week. And shout out to the Monday Morning Movie crew for listening on release day. You guys already know what this is. Let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Kevin Feige came out and made all the big announcements at San Diego Comic-Con. I did a deep dive into this and have it all organized out to talk about today. And if you don't know who Kevin Feige is, he is the Marvel Studios president. He is the one who oversees everything in the MCU. And we'll get into what they announced about Phase 5 and Phase 6. But before, I do want to go back and do some history and lay down the groundwork of exactly what are phases. So let's go back to Phase 1, which took place from 2008 to 2012, started off with Iron Man, then went into The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and then ended with The Avengers. So Phase 1 introduced all of the biggest characters that would be consistent throughout the MCU, and then capped it off with the movie that really changed everything and really defined Marvel with The Avengers, which really started to create this idea that everything would be building towards something. They started 
early with having the post credit scenes and having all the stories intertwined just a little bit, maybe a little less than it is now. It was all just fun, new and exciting. So that is what phase one is. And then you have phase two, which took place from 2013 to 2015. It included the movies Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then ended with Ant-Man. Maybe so far the weakest phase, but still a good phase. And then we get into phase three, which is the phase I feel everybody loves, the phase that really defined Marvel, and the one that now we will all forever remember And it's the phase that we almost hold all of our standards to. And with people complaining now about phase four going into five and six, I think it's because we think of this of like the golden age of Marvel. It's the glory days. It's the day we were the most in tune and got some of the best titles they've ever produced. So from 2016 to 2019, phase three had movies such as Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Affinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and then ended with Spider-Man Far From Home. It really doesn't get better than phase three. So many great standalone movies. They were all building towards this endgame, which was unlike anything we'd ever seen. And with that being not only the climax of phase three, but really all the previous phases, all those movies really builded towards Endgame. And then you get Spider-Man Far From Home, which was a really good closing chapter on the entire thing and really left us with that. Okay, we have to move on to something new. What's in store for the future? So phase one to phase three was dubbed the Infinity Saga. And now we officially have the name for phase four through five and six, which will be known now as the Multiverse Saga, which multiverse is the buzzword right now. It's the thing you have to make to make an interesting movie. It is what Marvel is really banking on now. And I am excited about the multiverse. I think it's a very fun concept to explore. But phase four was also the start of Marvel putting out all the TV shows. And phase four kicked off from 2021 to now will end in 2022. Started with WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which were Disney Plus shows. The first movie in phase four was Black Widow. And then you had the other Disney Plus shows like Loki, What If?, We got a really big breath of fresh air with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We went on a downward spiral with the Eternals, but I liked that they were trying to do something different, even though I would put that probably as the worst MCU movie ever to be made. And then you had Hawkeye on Disney+, Plus, which was a really fun show. Spider-Man No Way Home. In between that, you had another Disney Plus show with Moon Knight, then the Multiverse of Madness. That continues what we have going in 2022, also with Miss Marvel on Disney+. Plus. Thor Love and Thunder, and then coming to Disney Plus later will be She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and this phase will end with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. A pretty quick phase, and maybe this was supposed to be spread out a little more. Got a little weird there with 2020. Nothing came out in regards of Marvel, and everything was pushed to 2021, and now that we wrap it up in 2022, seems pretty quick. We had more content in these two years than we had in the previous three-year span in phase three. So that will end phase four. Let's get into now what was announced at Comic-Con. Phase five, which will take place from 2023 to 2024. So it looks now like all the phases are just going to be a year, but I'm okay with that because there is so much content within all of these phases. And we'll get into a little bit more depth on each title, but coming up first will be 
Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which will come out on February 17th, 2023. You have Paul Rudd coming back, Evangeline Lilly coming back. Jonathan Myers is set to star as the villain Kang. You also have He Who Remains from season one of Loki. And I know Ant-Man gets a lot of crap for being kind of the runt of all the Avengers being the why are you here? But I actually find the Ant-Man movies pretty entertaining. I feel like all the solo movies kind of exist in their own genre. And to me, Ant-Man is kind of like the Judd Apatow movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel that in the comedic style from the real life interactions just to kind of how comical they make the character out to be and even making fun of his superhero powers throughout those two movies, which some people think his superpowers are dumb, but I actually find them to be pretty cool. I did see a funny theory, though, that Ant-Man probably could have wrapped up killing Thanos a lot sooner by shrinking all the way down and then expanding inside of Thanos. I feel like that would have been too easy. But really makes you think, doesn't it? Again, that's coming out on February 17th, 2023. I think that'd be a pretty solid entry into Phase 5. After that, we'll get Secret Invasion, which is a series on Disney+. Plus. But the next movie after that will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn, will come out on May 5th, 2023. And this is it. This is the third and final film. And when it comes to all the solo movies, I find the Guardians of the Galaxy movies to be really strong. I credit that a lot to the director, James Gunn, who also did one of my favorite TV shows of last year, Peacemaker. He also did The Suicide Squad. I really love seeing what he does inside the MCU because he is so focused in on making really fleshed out characters who, even if it's outside of a superhero movie, they just have a really great story and putting that into such an immersive world that is what the Guardians of the Galaxy is. Can't wait to see the emotional journey that these characters go on because they reported that Gamora is coming back. She can't remember her time as a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's Chris Pratt's character dealing with that. I think it's going to be a pretty big emotional journey. After that, you'll get a Disney Plus series called Echo in summer of 2023, which will star the villain from Hawkeye. That's all I'll say about that one. After that, the next movie we'll get is The Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel. And that comes out on July 28th, 2023. If you say that Captain Marvel is your least favorite MCU film, I think you got to go rewatch that one. I found that movie so exciting. I thought Brie Larson did an amazing job. I just think she plays a really heroic character and that movie left me so excited to see how her character would go into Avengers Endgame, which I thought she also played a really big role in that too. So I'm curious to see how they follow that one up. After that, we'll get Loki season two on Disney+. Plus. Tom Hiddleston is back and they're filming that one right now. That'll be out in the summer of 2023. This next one I'm really interested in because Mahershala Ali will play Blade. Yes, the iconic vampire hunter. They're rebooting it, and it's coming out on November 3rd, 2023. It also stars Kit Harington, who you would know as Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Now, you may think Marvel may not have a great track record with vampire characters, with Morbius being an abomination this year. But Morbius actually isn't in the MCU. He is on the Sony side, of Marvel, so this movie will have nothing to do with that. 
Mahershala Ali is a phenomenal actor, so I can only imagine what his acting abilities will bring to the Blade character. Again, that comes out on November 3rd, 2023. After that, we'll get another series on Disney Plus called Ironheart, which just by looking at the trailer, we'll get to know more about Ironheart back at the end of Phase 4 with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Then we'll get another series, Agatha Coven of Chaos, which is a spinoff of WandaVision. And that will move us into 2024. This is going to be a big one. Captain America, New World Order. Anthony Mackie is in as Captain America. It's been an interesting shift from going from Chris Evans giving the power over to Anthony Mackie. I don't know why, but all personally, we have this thing of always wanting to see Chris Evans as Captain America. He played it so well. He embodies the character. Sometimes it's even a little bit hard to not see him as Captain America. So I'm hoping for a complete tonal shift in the solo movies to make him different. And I feel it's because Chris Evans really came to his own with the help of the Russo brothers, really kind of embodying what Captain America was, made him a little bit more rugged made him a little bit more defined in the Avengers movies. And I think that's why he came to be a lot of people's favorites for what he did in those movies, even more so than his solo movies. So I would really like to see some of that grit carried over, but also just Anthony Mackie to make the character his own. Because I'll admit, story-wise alone, with what I saw in the Disney Plus series, I felt like that entire series really could have just been a movie. So I hope they took that series and have something completely different. I just want a little bit higher stakes for Captain America to continue and to warrant its own movie. But I love Anthony Mackie and think he is still the person to do this now that we don't have Chris Evans. And then after that, in the spring of 2024, we have a Disney Plus show that of all these shows I've been talking about, this is the one that I just will watch on the day it comes out and watch every single episode as it's released. And it'll be for a while because we have 18 episodes coming with Daredevil Born Again. So this originally started back on Netflix with Charlie Cox as Daredevil. We had all of those Netflix shows like The Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and they made up The Defenders. And now all of those shows are on Disney+. Plus. Which to some, it was a little bit weird because they were grittier shows. And that's why I love these shows so much is because they did have more of an edge to them. And then to close out phase five of the multiverse saga, we will get Thunderbolts, which is essentially Marvel's Suicide Squad, which on the DC side has been hit or miss. More specifically, one miss and one hit with the Suicide Squad. And it's a movie about this team who consists mostly of reformed supervillains, much like they are in The Suicide Squad. I love Marvel. I think people have been a little bit overly critical on Phase 4, saying that everything's felt rushed, that there's too much coming out. And really the only thing I've complained about as far as there being a lot of content Looking back on it, I should be excited about that. I should be more grateful for that. Looking back on all these phases where sometimes we had very few movies in every phase. I think now is the best time to be a Marvel fan. The only thing has been hard for me that I've picked out from these movies, even before everybody was complaining about this, is the visual effects. 
Some of them, I feel, aren't up to par. You go back to movies from 2008, 2010. I, watching as a viewer, was so immersed in these movies that I felt like I was watching something that could actually happen. They made it look so real. They made it look so believable. And I think that's why we all fell in love with these movies initially. You go back on those early movies in phase one, two, and three, and you can't mess with those VFX. They still hold up to today's standards. And I feel like they're even more advanced than now. And even reading stories about some of the VFX artists saying that they're under critical work conditions, that they're being rushed, that it's a terrible place to work for Marvel. I try to listen to that as subjectively as I can. I think if somebody is speaking out about that, there has to be something there. I think with any profession you have in the entertainment industry, sometimes there are harsh deadlines, especially when they're cranking out so many movies, so many TV shows. I think as a fan, sometimes it's just hard to believe that as big as an entity that Marvel is, you think with all their resources, you think with the Disney pool and all the money they throw to make these movies, that there would be more people available. I wonder if it's maybe that designing some of these VFX doesn't matter how many people you have, like only one person can work on something for so long. I really don't know how that breaks down. And I would love to talk to somebody who works in the VFX department over at Marvel, but maybe they can't talk to anybody. I think now as Marvel fans, we're really being catered to and giving what we kind of asked for was more content. I feel a little bit overwhelmed sometimes when I do get behind on a series, but I realize that just because it comes out doesn't mean I have to watch it at that very second, which sometimes it feels that way. You see your friends talking about it and you see they've already finished a series and you automatically feel behind and you don't want to go back and start a show that somebody's already done with. I think that's what I struggled with a little bit. And I just have this weird mental thing of wanting to start something and finishing it immediately. I also like self-contained things, which is why I'm so big into movies, because you can just sit down and watch an entire story from beginning to end, and you get everything there, you finish after two hours, and you feel complete. It's harder for me to feel complete where there's always a new show coming out, so I think I just feel overwhelmed at times with all the content, but I think once it slows down a little bit, has a little bit of time to breathe, I think 2020 just had everything so delayed that we got so much at one time. And then it's just hard when all the TV shows connect into the movies. I kind of like that separation between the movies and the TV shows. And also people complain about feeling that none of these things are really building towards anything. And if you look back in the history of all this, that's kind of what we got before. We didn't really know in the beginning that they were all building towards what we ended up getting in Endgame. We didn't really feel that until Phase 3. And I think now we put it under the microscope a little bit more and try to plot ahead of what's going to come. But after listening to this announcement and seeing everything that's coming hearing Kevin Feige talk about it. I feel like right now is a really big building moment. We have a lot of things to look forward to, and I don't think they're going to let us down. And I think some of the most exciting stuff will come in phase six, which they really just only announced three projects from. And this will be from 2024 to 2025. And what we're getting here is Fantastic Four on November 8th, 2024. John Krasinski will neither confirm or deny that he will be a part of this or that his wife, Emily Blunt, will be Susan Storm and say that she is. That I think that would make the first time a married couple has ever been on screen in a Marvel movie. This one's interesting because I'm not a fan of any of the previous attempts to make a Fantastic Four movie. And they are such great comic book characters and you think that would just easily transfer into making a movie about them. 
It just hasn't worked. Kind of in the same vein that the Incredible Hulk movies haven't really left a lasting impression on audiences, even though I freaking love the Incredible Hulk. And I'm not even the biggest John Krasinski fan, but I think if he is attached to this, if Emily Blunt ends up being a part of this, I have a little bit more hope in Fantastic Four. I'll give it a third chance. But the thing I'm most excited about are the two Avengers movies and the fact that they are six months apart. Avengers the Kang Dynasty comes out on May 2nd, 2025. And then you have Avengers Secret Wars coming out on November 7th, 2025. No one has really been confirmed as far as characters. They did announce Destin Daniel Cretton will be directing this. He directed Shang-Chi. Kind of surprised they're not going with the Russo brothers, but he did such a great job with Shang-Chi. Maybe they're going for something different here. Maybe they just want a fresh approach on the Avengers. And it seems like all the movies that come before this, especially the fact that Fantastic Four comes out the year before, you think they'll be a part of it. Anthony Mackie as Captain America will probably be a part of it. Can you imagine Blade as an Avenger? Probably won't get the Guardians of the Galaxy if that's going to be their third and final film. They're probably done after that. Of course, you'll have Ant-Man. And then maybe you'll see some more people from Phase 4 like Shang-Chi, Hawkeye. Moon Knight could be interesting. Or who knows? Maybe they throw She-Hulk in there. But I find this all to be really exciting. I just love the title Avengers Secret Wars based on the comic book. I don't know if they're going to draw exactly from that storyline. It seems like Marvel tends to deviate a little bit from those stories and give us something that we haven't seen done before, kind of always keep us on our toes. So I'm excited for this. I guess I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and saying I'm all in for phase five and phase six. I do find some things interesting that I didn't see. They didn't announce a solo Spider-Man movie. They did announce an animated Spider-Man TV show coming to Disney+, Plus, but there's no announcement on Tom Holland returning in his own solo movie. And usually the Spider-Man movies aren't a part of these big announcements because he's still owned by Sony and they have a whole contract with Disney to allow him to appear in the MCU. I did see from a pretty reliable source that Spider-Man will be a part of the Fantastic Four movie. They are saying that he has been confirmed to be in Fantastic Four. So hopefully in between there, we get the next Spider-Man movie, which could be his last movie, or maybe he makes it to the Avengers. I think if it is, he's had a pretty good run. I would hate to see that because those movies have been some of my favorites. And also I'm just not ready to go through another recasting and another reboot of Spider-Man, but I'm sure that's inevitable. The other thing I don't see here is another Thor solo movie, which we saw Thor Love and Thunder. And according to articles, according to that movie, we're supposed to have a return of Thor. I don't know if they weren't ready to announce that yet because that movie just came out or perhaps he is skipping phase five and phase six. But hopefully that announcement comes within the next year or so because I would like to see another Thor movie. And the other surprising thing is there were no sequels to some of the characters in Phase 4. I don't see a Shang-Chi sequel. I don't see an Eternal sequel. It seems like we got sequels pretty quickly in previous phases. 
or maybe that's down the line in phase seven. It doesn't seem like the multiverse saga will end after phase six. So maybe that'll be the next round of announcements. I'm sure once more details emerge on who will be cast in the Avengers movies, we'll get a better picture on that. Will anybody from the MCU return? I think that would be amazing, which is the multiverse saga. And as we've seen in other movies, you can transcend not only timelines, but you can transcend different generations, bringing in characters that you never thought would exist in a movie together. What's there to say that they don't bring Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man from a different multiverse? An entirely different Tony Stark who isn't the one who died at the end of Endgame. They bring back Chris Evans as Captain America, who is not the one that decided to hang it up. Or maybe even bring back... Mark Ruffalo as the Incredible Hulk, which I almost expected there to be a new Incredible Hulk movie. I think it is time for that. But the way that character breaks down, the movie rights are owned by Universal and Universal is not letting the Incredible Hulk go. What it boils down to is Disney cannot make any money off an Incredible Hulk movie. They would have to pay so much to Universal. So why make a movie if you can't make any money off of it? Even though I think now would be the perfect time to have a solo Hulk movie. But I think by the time we get to these Avengers movies, anything can happen. I feel like all of these phases are building towards something really magical happening I think that's why they put these two Avengers movies back to back. We have to be set up for something huge. And the way that Infinity War and Endgame were filmed, they were filmed at the same time. It was essentially one big movie split into two. I think that's what they did here. Instead of giving us a year in between, they give us six months. So needless to say, an exciting time to be a Marvel fan. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. 
and he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Let's get into it now. I want to talk about the movie Nope, which was one of my most anticipated movies of the summer. I am just instantly drawn to Jordan Peele's work. He also directed movies like Get Out, Us, and this is his third movie as a director. And I'm going to do this review a little bit different. I saw the initial trailer when it first came out. I saw the Super Bowl trailer, and he was pretty cryptic about the details he wanted to put out surrounding this movie. They did release a trailer about a month ago. They gave a lot more about the plot. But after watching this movie and not knowing a whole lot about it, I think it made me enjoy it more. So what I'm going to share with you on this review It'll be spoiler free and it'll be more just about how the movie made me feel and some of the key elements without really talking a whole lot about the plot details. I'm going to stay away from even referencing some of the things that happen in it because I think if you go into it without knowing a whole lot, you will enjoy it more. But I will also tell you what kind of a movie fan you have to be, what your taste has to be to enjoy it. And if you hear these things and think, ah, that's not for me, then you probably won't enjoy this movie because I think it's not for everybody. I've been seeing pretty split views on it. I think you're going to either love or hate this movie. So that's what I'm going to explain here. So the first thing I loved about this movie is how it looked. It is visually the most appealing movie I've seen in a very long time. Cinematically, I think it's his best. Shot at an IMAX camera has worked with a really great cinematographer. And I feel this movie. There are so many scenes that happen at night and shooting at night is very difficult. And they were able to film this movie in a way that made you feel like you do whenever you go out in the middle of the night, and like the country, not a whole lot of things around. That's how I felt watching this movie, whether it be when I would be in Mexico and have to go out to the bathroom at night and be utterly scared because I could barely see my hand in front of me. This movie made it feel like what it is for your eyes to adjust in total darkness, and then you can kind of pick things out. Like, that's how I felt watching this movie. I legit had that feeling while watching this movie. And that's all just from the visual aspect. So I thought that was a really interesting thing to bring into a horror movie like this. Even calling it a horror movie feels not completely accurate because I think if I say horror movie, you're going to be wanting to be scared the entire time. I don't think it's like that. It's a little bit more of a suspense thriller. There are some scary elements to it. But if you go on expecting blood and guts, you're not going to get that. The movie does a really great job at building tension. It's been compared to Jaws a lot where you don't really see the monster a whole lot it builds on you're letting your mind explore letting your mind build up and using your imagination as a viewer to make things more scary so for that reason if you're going in for a lot of jump scares a lot of crazy you know horrific visuals I don't think you'll get that so you have to really be paying attention during this movie Along those same lines, though, it does have like a classic horror movie type feel, almost like a Twilight Zone episode, which Jordan Peele has also been involved in. So I can see that influence coming over. So I feel like he not only took his inspiration from that, also from Spielberg doing Jaws. Uh, Maybe it's just because I'm a big Simpsons fan, but I kind of felt like this was a Treehouse of Horror episode coming to life. So it was all those things for me put together 
that really made me enjoy this movie. And it created a real world that it felt like one we could live in, but just a little bit skewed, a little bit weird. But it really worked in creating this sense of mystery. Daniel Kaluuya, who is the lead in this, plays a very ominous character, and he's a really great actor. It was we've seen in movies like Judas and the Black Messiah in Black Panther, and this is his most subdued role I've really seen him in so far. He plays a very quiet, keeps-to-himself type of guy, and even when this crazy event is happening, he keeps his cool, like, pretty much the entire movie, so it was interesting to see him play that kind of character. Kiki Palmer also does a really great job in this movie playing his sister, and, I mean, at the root of this movie, it's about their relationship as brother and sister and their relationship with their dad, and them kind of working through some things that they never really were able to fully flesh out as kids, and now they're adults. You also have Steven Yoon, who you may remember from movies like Minari, and he was also in The Walking Dead, plays a really interesting character in this movie. He plays a former child actor who went through something pretty traumatic and is now trying to cope with that in an even more bizarre way. And why I'm not saying a whole lot about the plot is I almost feel a little bit like it's kind of a spoiler. As I read more and more about it and saw interviews that Jordan Peele was doing, I learned more about what it was going to be. But I think that idea of being completely surprised really added a lot to me enjoying it a whole lot more. So this is going to be a movie that I not only do a spoiler episode for, but a complete explanation an interpretation of what I think all the themes were because Jordan Peele's work, it always has a message he's trying to convey. I think this is the most ambitious one he's had so far and maybe the less appealing to the most wide audience because his other movies had more of that horror element, that blood and guts violence that's a little bit more jarring to viewers. And this one is not entirely psychological, but I would say supernatural. I'll leave it at that. The other thing that really sucked me in is it was a very loud, quiet movie. And what I mean by that is I've been talking about all this tension that the movie build. It does that very subtly, but they're able to amplify even the smallest sounds like breathing, like footsteps and make them sound very big and loud. And it really did a good job at creating that sense of being scared. Also like putting you in that situation of what these characters were going through. I thought that was a really nice touch combined with the visuals. So is this movie for you? If you watched Get Out or Us and enjoyed those movies, I think you will enjoy this one because it's very much in the same style. I think his take on horror, it's a very modern approach. And it's a movie that you'll watch and either have to listen to my spoiler episode or go read an article about to get all the details of what exactly everything meant and how it tied together. I enjoy those movies. I like movies to where I watch them for the first time. I interpret it my way, go back and see what the director actually was trying to say and see other people's theories. I find those movies very enjoyable, adding that extra element of it becoming a part of your life. I'm still thinking about this movie after seeing it, probably still be thinking about it for another week or two. And it's a movie that I'm definitely going to want to watch again. Now, on the other side, I've been seeing people say that it's not scary at all, that It wasn't anything like they were expecting, that a lot of it was random and dumb and not worth the over two hour runtime. I saw Logan Paul be one of the biggest outspoken people saying this is one of the worst movies he's ever seen. So I think that's the polar opposites here. You either watch the movie and have so many questions and think 
that was dumb. What did that even mean? Wasn't scary. And I cared nothing about it. But if you go on with a pretty open mind and really pay attention to it, I think all of the questions that the movie raises, it does answer within the film. And I think that's what made me enjoy it even more is I feel like everything in this movie, every little piece had a reason to be there. All of the character storylines, all of the elements and the props used in the movie, they all have a very significant meaning. And it's up to us as viewers to take and interpret those and take it for what it is. So I like movies that do that. I really like Jordan Peele's vision that he wrote, directed, and produced this movie. I think that is saying a lot to be able to watch something and just know the director's voice and it feel like something very novel, which is something that I search for every single time I watch a movie. And I think it's because I do watch so many films I love to find a movie that I've never seen done before, and I think that's what Nope is. So it went for something completely bold, and for some people, that'll land, and for some people, it won't. So I'm going to rate it based on that, on liking his two previous films, and this being a movie that's just right up my alley. Sometimes there are movies that I'm already going into knowing I'm going to love, so I'll admit I have a bit of a bias on this. I'm not too proud to admit that as a movie reviewer, as a film enthusiast, this is a movie I was already had high hopes for. And just the aesthetic is something that appeals to me. There are things in life that I think we all have that just because something has an aesthetic, whether it be you like drinking Starbucks because you like getting the Starbucks cup, you like drinking out of a hydro flask, you like driving a Ford, whatever you're doing now. Sometimes you just like the aesthetic and you'll defend that because it's your favorite. That's how I feel about Jordan Peele movies. I don't think I liked it as much as Get Out, but I definitely liked it more than Us. So I would give Nope 4.5 out of 5 horses. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. 
Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. Let's talk about it now. Wakanda Forever, which is coming out on November 11th. This will end phase four of the MCU. I think this is the most emotional I've been in a movie trailer in a very long time. This movie looks like it's going to be amazing. On a whole different level than anything Marvel is doing. I think Black Panther, much like The Dark Knight was, really transcends what a superhero, what a comic book movie could be. All those kind of guidelines go out the window. And by seeing this trailer, seeing how much more advanced it looks visually and how it really just sets itself apart from any other movie out right now, whether it be a superhero movie or not. I think that part alone has me excited. Also, the fact that it will deal with T'Challa's death and the real-life death of Chadwick Boseman, which watching this trailer and seeing his mural in it just really hits you in the feels, the music, and there's so many elements to this. And I'll get into more about the theory surrounding this movie now that we know a little bit more about the plot. But here's just a little bit of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. Listen to that. If you watch that and don't feel anything, you may need to get your heart checked. And the movie trailer starts with a different version of No Woman, No Cry. And you see all the people of Wakanda mourning the death of Chadwick Boseman. It appears to be some kind of ritual, maybe some kind of funeral for him. So it's looking like this movie takes place after the blip, after the events of everything we've seen before, and then mourning the death of their leader. In the trailer, they're wearing white, which is what the Wakandans wear when they're mourning somebody. And what I've seen so far from the plot and the trailer, they're not really saying when he dies, whether it takes place right after his death, whether somehow they address it at the beginning of the movie. And I'm hoping it just picks up right after his death. I think that'll be the biggest emotional note to start on and them dealing with the rebuilding of where to go from there. Also in this trailer, you see some new characters here. You see the birth of Namor, who was a character introduced in the Marvel comics way back in 1939, even before Aquaman. But that's kind of what he is. He is this mutant son who lives in the ocean. You see the Atlanteans, who are the other characters in this. It gives me a lot of Avatar vibes, but in a good way, mainly because the characters are blue. He is kind of like this green blue, so he seems to be some kind of mutant hybrid between both of them. And it doesn't really seem clear whether or not the Atlanteans are the villains or not in this movie. Marvel is kind of known to trick us sometimes in their trailers. It makes a little bit more sense that they will be the opposing force in this, but also what you see in the trailer is some military figures, some people who seem to go to the Wakandans and hold some of them hostage to get some things. Maybe it seems to be somebody wants some of the vibranium, maybe the Atlanteans have some of it 
of their own, and that's why they are coming together with the people of Wakanda. Maybe they are fighting together. I think that would be a little bit more interesting, that it's them learning to fight together against some of the humans who are acting up in this trailer. But the biggest question we have from this trailer is who is going to be the next Black Panther? T'Challa is gone. I think the easy answer is that it is Shuri. Other people are saying Nakia. I think personally, it's probably Shuri. There is some references in this trailer, much like the interactions that she had with T'Challa. I feel like she is kind of next up in this. But there's also this theory that Michael B. Jordan returns as Killmonger. I would love to see that. I think that's probably the biggest stretch, particularly because in this trailer, you do get a glimpse of it there at the very end of somebody in the Black Panther suit with a hand that goes out with the claw. But looking at that profile, it looks a little bit more feminine to me. So it brings me back to it being Shuri. But we also know that Marvel sometimes tricks us with their trailers. They edit stuff out later. That could be a bit of a misdirection too. If you remember from Black Panther, when Killmonger died, he asked to be buried in the ocean. That's where the Atlanteans are. Maybe they found his body. Maybe they did just like they did in the first one and bring him back to life. It's been done before. There have been crazier things in a Marvel movie. And how exciting would that be? Either way, I couldn't be more excited to see this movie. It comes out on November 11th. 2022, not that far away. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's it for another episode of the podcast. But before I hop out of here, every single week, I give a listener shout out to anybody who sends me a tweet, a DM, or emails me, moviemikeD at gmail.com. Today, I'm going over to Twitter, and the shout out is to Ricky Douglas, who replied to a video I posted and said, congrats, always look forward to the pod, makes my Monday commute a little easier. And the video he is replying to is I put up a message saying that I was looking at the numbers for the downloads and streams of this podcast, and it's the highest it's ever been for this last quarter. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening. If you've listened to one episode, or if you listen every single week, if you're part of the Monday Morning Movie Crew, if you've recommended this podcast to a friend, or if you just listen and don't interact at all, I I know you're there too because I see those downloads so that really means a lot to me I think we've built a really fun interactive movie community here whether you reply to some of the topics on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook I love getting your perspective on this as well seeing what are your favorite movies what everybody else is going to watch and then I also love doing the spoiler episodes and I wasn't sure if people like those or not but just by looking at people who download the main episodes and the spoiler episodes. I think you enjoy those too, especially with the bigger movies. So I will keep doing those with all the big titles, especially looking forward to doing the one about Nope because I'll give that spoiler review and also talk about my theories and what I think that movie meant and was trying to say. So just another thank you here. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, Go out and watch good movies, and I'll talk to you later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, 
or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.